continuing the series through Philippians. I've entitled Regaining Purpose. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the theme for the series, again, I'm repeating a couple of things. The theme for the series, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, the NLT for us, says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for a disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, a quote I ran upon a couple of weeks ago says, Your attitude, not your aptitude, determines your attitude. Your attitude, not your aptitude, determines your altitude. That's what it was supposed to say, okay? Someone once said, and I think this was Zig Ziglar, he said, a, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere till you change it. Isn't that about the truth, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, attitudes make a difference. Uh, got a, we were talking to our family this week, and our little six-year-old Callie, she's in kindergarten, and I told my son, well, we'll use that as an illustration about attitude. If anything has to, anybody has to change your attitude, sometimes it's a six-year-old, okay? Well, she's home for a, a, a snow day, and, and, Ka- and Danielle's got her working on her writing. Well, she thought the computer was a lot more fun than the writing. Well, Danielle said, no, put the computer down, practice your writing. This went on a couple of times, and Callie finally looked at her her mother, and she said, you're ruining my life. (laughs) Now, why a six-year-old comes out with you're ruining my life, I have no idea, uh, but that's the way we feel sometimes. Now, if I define attitude, it is a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something Typically, one that is reflected in a person's behavior. It's a pretty good definition for attitude. I don't think we can deny that attitude affects our behavior, and our behavior affects the way we live out our purpose for the Lord. So I'm repeating again that during 2020, many of us lost our purpose. We don't have the same purpose we had when the year started. When I was preaching on, oh, a 2020 vision, uh, it got clouded, okay? And a lot of us as individuals say, I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to accomplish that for the Lord this year. And all of a sudden, our accomplishments went by the wayside. We've got to regain our vision in 2021. So there's one sure way we can regain our vision, and that's through attitude. There was once a farmer who began to look at his farm through some very critical eyes. He looked out and he said every, way, every place he looked on his farm, he saw something wrong. He decided to sell his farm and move somewhere that was a little nicer, uh, maybe somewhere that he would like a lot better. So he, he, he hired a realtor to list his property. And the realtor uh, ca- uh, called to get the farmer's, the farmer's approval on an ad he was running in the newspaper. The ad went like this. He said, a good location, a well-maintained ta- course, sturdy barns, lush pastures, a beautiful pond, fertile soil, and great view. So the farmer listened to it as the realtor went over that, and he said, never mind selling it. I want to own a place like that. Well, that's what we have to do. The changing of our attitude makes us look at things completely different than we do when we have a bad attitude about something, and it gives us a different purpose. So let's pray and look at the book, okay? 
Our Heavenly Father, bless your word today. Open our eyes that we might be able to see something out of this that will help us to regain our purpose, that we will change a lot of our attitudes that do not line up with you. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, verse 12. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds of Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strive, and some also of a good will or a good purpose. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add afflictions to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached? And I therefore do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know this shall turn my salvation, turn to my salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Attitude number one I want to pick out of this passage is an attitude of advancing the gospel purpose. He begins it in verse 12, but I would that you should understand that the things which happened to me have fallen rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Notice how he begins. He begins with, I want you to understand. He's calling attention that they might figure this out. He's saying here, all of these things. Now, what things is he talking about? He's talking about his sufferings. I don't know of anybody in the Word of God that went through as many years of suffering as Paul did, and Paul kept treading on for the Lord, and Paul kept preaching the gospel message. I mean, he had gotten beaten, he had gotten stoned to the point of death, he had been shipwrecked and uh, left for dead a time or two, he now was imprisoned, and I don't know of anybody that probably even said he got beaten with 40 lashes. I mean, I don't know of anybody that went through that kind of suffering. He said, I want you to understand that what happened to me happened so that the gospel would go further. Isn't that something? Now, we look at that, and, and today in our land, we, we don't suffer like Paul suffered. None of us are going to get beaten because we stand for Christ. None of us are going to be imprisoned for that. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on that we can't say that we're suffering. Our suffering today a lot of time is nothing more than verbally. Somebody said something about me that wasn't true. Somebody said something about me that hurt me. Or, oh my goodness, I'm suffering for Jesus. I got to go to church today and I got a headache. I mean, these are no way suffering of what Paul went through. I mean, it's almost today that Christians will use every excuse in the world to stay out of church. 
They'll use every excuse in the world not to do something that God has called them to do. They will even use every excuse in not giving to God the rightful uh, part of what belongs to him. I can't pay my tithes. I have too many bills. Well, you used your own selfish worldly advantages to accumulate those bills. So, you know, we have to look at things and understand that the excuses don't line up. We're nowhere like Paul was in suffering. But Paul says, you know, I suffered so that the gospel would go out. Sometimes the circumstances of life come down on us so that we will react in a way that will further the gospel. Some of you probably got COVID so that now you can give a testimony that will further the gospel. Some of you have went through cancer so you can stand up and give a testimony that will further the gospel. The gospel will get out because of their suffering, but he encouraged these believers here to understand that sometimes things happen just so the gospel will be advanced. Have that kind of attitude. Suffering didn't slow Paul down. He, he, he was, I mean, you know, he just knew what the sufferings were being used for. An attitude like that will help us to regain our purpose. Understand things happen. COVID happened. Sickness happens. Death around us happened. Everything happens in a way that if we use it right with the proper attitude, we'll further the gospel message. Second Timothy 3.12 says, All that live godly shall suffer persecution. Not a matter of if, but a matter of when if you land. It's part of the territory. It's part of what we go through. So we have to keep the proper attitude about that. Now, attitude number two comes from verses 13 and 14 where it's an attitude about the boldness to speak for God. The boldness to speak for God. He said, so that in my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord uh, waxing confidence in my bonds are now, I added that now in there, okay, much more bold to speak the word without fear. First of all, Paul said, because of what I went through, I was able to speak in places I would have never had an opportunity to speak. I spoke about Jesus in palaces. I went to King Herod's palace in Jerusalem and spoke the gospel. I went to King Herod's palace at Caesarea by the sea and I spoke the gospel. I went to King Agrippa's. I went to Festus before them and I spoke about the goodness of Jesus Christ. I have spoke before Roman officials I have spoke before guards. I have spoken before other prisoners. I have spoken before the cooks in the prison. I got opportunities to speak in places that I would have never had the opportunity to speak if God had not put me in those places. Those of you that say I need another place to work because the place I work is ungodly, just get a better attitude because God's given you an opportunity to speak in a place you wouldn't be able to speak if God hadn't planted you there. 
You might say, well, I, I wish I didn't have the family. They're so, I, I can't speak to them about the Lord. If God hadn't placed you in that family, you'd never had an opportunity to share with them the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And he said, because of this, me being in prison, being able to speak in places boldly that I wouldn't have been able to speak otherwise, others have been strengthened to speak boldly as well. In other words, he's saying, but other believers' confidence grew. They, they looked and they said, well, if Paul can do that, I can do that. And, and they had more boldness to speak, and the Bible said they had more boldness to speak without fear. You know, fear is probably the number one crippler of witnessing for Jesus Christ. We fear the fact that, oh, you know, we may get ridiculed. or We fear the fact that somebody might put us down or, or, or whatever it might be. We have a fear that maybe we'll even mess it up. But uh, if we stand strong in our hardships and speak up with confidence, our 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 influence gets intensified. It becomes greater. The more you speak about Christ, the easier it is to speak about Christ. The more you stand for him, the easier it is to stand for him. And it begins with an attitude. How we react is good or bad by our attitude. Romans eight twenty eight says, oh, this is a verse that's misused so much. We know all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. We want to go back and dwell on that all things. Well, the Bible tells me that everything's going to be good. No. He says all things are good. Now notice this, for good to them. Don't miss those two words right there. It's only good to them. Who are them? Them that are called according to his purpose. Those that's living out the purpose of Jesus Christ. Those that's standing when things don't go well. Those that are speaking up when the opportunity comes to speak up. It is to them that all things work to the good. You may not see it here, but praise God when you stand in line of that glory land judgment and the rewards are given out, praise God at that time, you will know what's meant by all good will come to those that walk according to the purpose of God. Oh, praise God there. You might say, well, I don't see any good in it. Well, change your attitude. A little boy was asked to go fishing with his daddy, and it rained that morning. Oh, he was so down in the dumps. He said, fishing's going to be terrible. We're not going to be able to go fishing. Well, about noon, the clouds rolled back and the sun popped out. And he and his dad went fishing. Had a great time. They caught fish. They came back. They cleaned the fish together. They cooked together. And the boy looked at his dad and he said, You know, this morning I couldn't see past the rain. I tell you what, a lot of times we can't see past the problems that lie in front of us. With a different attitude, we can see what God's doing. An attitude like that will help us to regain our purpose uh, as we go along. Now, remember what? The boldness to speak. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Most of us are timid. We say we don't have a personality or we have a fear of rejection or we're ashamed of something when we just got to keep going, okay? Attitude number three not everyone is on your side oh you're kidding 
Not everyone's supportive of me. If I stand for God in the day in which I live, you mean everybody's not going to pat me on the back and say, brother, I'm with you. Sister, I'm with you. No, not everyone is on your side. Go to verses 15 through 18. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. And some will also out of a good will or a good purpose. But the one preach Christ out of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add afflictions to my bond, but the other of love, knowing that I'm set free for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding any way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I then do rejoice, yea, and you will rejoice. Most people want to be liked of other people. Some spoke very falsely against Paul. Uh, some did it out of envy and strife. They didn't agree with him. They didn't want anything to do with him. Some just wanted to cause contention, trouble, the Bible says. They, they just wanted to stir it up. It, maybe it was out of jealousy or criticism. Some just weren't even sincere. Now we turn today and we see us serving the Lord. And we see how our service sometimes go. And sometimes there's people around us that just aren't sincere about their ministry. They speak out of one side of their mouth about Christ and they live like hell to the other side of their mouth. They go to church on Sunday and they go wherever for the rest of the week. They're not sincere about their faith. Some just basically, I feel with all of my heart, go and just want to become a part of church just to cause problems. He said some just want to cause contention. Uh, I think some just want to come and hope and pray the church fails. They just want to hope and pray the ministry crumbles. And some just want to criticize. And, and I mean, it goes like this. I just, believe me, I look down the road at our brothers and sisters at Generation Church. They don't quite worship like I do. And I, and I don't want to really regularly be a part of their worship. But did you know either way the gospel is being preached there and the furtherance of the gospel is going on? And some will look out our back door at our big brother, sister church back here at First Baptist and say, well, they're big. They can do things we can't do. And they begin to criticize because of the size of the congregation. Does it matter if you're large or small? Either way, the gospel can be furthered. We have to understand, folks, that just because somebody didn't agree with us on every jot and tittle of our worship service, just because everybody doesn't agree with us on every jot and tittle of what our own personal beliefs are, does not mean that it's wrong. It means that the gospel is going out either way. So get used to it and change an attitude and pray that God gets the glory. That's what it's all about. Either way, for the right reasons or wrong way, Christ is proclaimed. An attitude like that will help us regain our purpose and not be a part of a popularity contest. Luke 6, 23 says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Now let's go to attitude number four, our final attitude of this passage. And this is the attitude that all is good because of the prayers of others and the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've got to repeat that. An attitude that all is good 
all is well because of the prayer of others and the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, for I know, now that's confidence, okay? For I know that this shall turn to my salvation or my deliverance. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, understand when Paul's saying, I know that all of this is going to work to turn to my salvation or my deliverance. Paul never was released from that Roman jail. Now, you got that? Paul never again experienced freedom like we know it. Paul wound up, according to history, being beheaded because of his faith in Jesus Christ. He never was set free from that prison cell physically. But he was constantly being set free spiritually constantly being set free spiritually. The more he looked at the prayers of others, the more he watched the work of the Holy Spirit, the more he felt free. In stocks and bonds, you can be free. In a terrible marriage, you can be free. Being unemployed and on the bread line, you can be free because of the prayers and the work of the Holy Spirit. These are two forces that will help us succeed in our purpose. Love and through prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit. Those purposes will be at work in our life. Uh, love through prayer. You know, prayer is the wings beneath our sail. Uh, just to know the old song, and I love it, I love the prayers, or I need the prayers of those I love. Like traveling over life's rugged way, that I may true and faithful be and live for Jesus every day. If you pray a prayer like that, you're experiencing love. And the work of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit in control, I love this song. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your gentle way. An attitude of the fact that no matter what we're going through, that because of the love and the work of the Holy Spirit through the prayer and the work of God in our life, we are set free to regain our purpose. That's an attitude. With an attitude like that, we can do an awful lot. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by my power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord. The love, the prayers of others, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's kind of like a boy in the backyard. He gets his baseball and his bat. He throws a baseball up in the air, and he says, I'm the great batter that's ever lived, and he swings and misses it. He picks up the ball again. He throws it up there again. He said, I'm the greatest batter that ever was. He misses it again. After a couple more times, when he's doing it, he throws that ball up in there. He swings, he misses it, and he says, Wow, I am the greatest pitcher that the world has ever seen. Now, folks, that's a change in attitude that will be affected in the way we look at what we have to do. Not every one of us will preach the gospel. Not every one of us will pastor a church. 
As Rich was coming, not every one of us will have the gift for teaching this morning. Not all of us will have the gift of apostleship or prophets or, or evangelism. We won't have that special gift, even though we're all supposed to tell others about it. We may not have the exact abilities and gifts that someone else has, but God will use us with a proper attitude. Uh, we saw four attitudes here that can help us regain our purpose for the Lord. Number one, a proper attitude about suffering or hardships. It can further the gospel. When things are going well, the gospel doesn't get feathered as well as it does when things go bad. Have you ever noticed something? I, I've looked back over my history in church. And when I sat down with brothers and sisters that I used to go to church in, and we talk about things that God blessed us in in the past, never once did we talk about a hallelujah fellowship dinner. Never once did we talk about the fact that this or that was going on. We talked about, we didn't know where the next dollar was going to come from to pay the bills of church. We didn't know how we were going to be able to keep the doors open to the church. We didn't know how God was going to see us through this or see us through that, but he did. It's through the hardships of life that God gets feathered the most if we have a proper attitude. Also, proper attitude about the boldness to speak. Uh, you know, we was talking this morning, I was sharing with Rich about, he said not every revival is evangelistic. Not all preachers are evangelism as far as the gift. And I agree with that. 22 years of pastoring White House Church, and only three times did we have an evangelistic crusade that we called evangelist. And I called in pure evangelist, had the gift of God. One time, a guy came twice to hold our revival and he was not a preacher he was a deacon in another baptist church where dr adrian rogers pastored he came in and he had more of the gift of evangelism than i've ever seen in anybody we'd go to cracker barrel to eat and we'd get ready to say the prayer of the food and he would wait until a waitress would show up at the table he'd say ma'am we're about to pray is there anything we can pray for you about? And one, I saw break down in tears and say, I don't even know who Jesus is. And he got an opportunity to give it to him. Bonus to speak. I went with him to the jails at Sumner County and Robertson County to speak to the inmate. The football team, the football of, of both Portland and White House, he spoke to, saw, 20, I think it was 15 teenagers come and bow before him, giving a presentation about the gospel in a field house at White House football team. I saw six come and bow down to give their heart to the Lord in the field house at Portland, Tennessee football team. He had a gift to speak boldly for the Lord. The gospel is only feathered when we've got the boldness to speak. Also, we need a proper attitude about disagreement. Not focus on the minors, but focus on the majors to get the gospel out. And then number four, a proper attitude about the praying and the work of the Holy Spirit. It's more than just your effort. It's the power of God. So let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Lord, please change our attitudes about certain things in life. Lord, and while our attitudes change, may... It help us to regain the purpose that we need to advance the kingdom. God, we are your creation. And if we are saved, we are your recreation. We're born again as a new creature. 
And with that, you've declared to us a purpose to live for you and to glorify you. And if we operate outside of that purpose, if we live our life outside of that purpose, we're going to suffer and the cause of Christ is going to suffer. People who are lost uh, will suffer and possibly our church family will suffer, our physical family will suffer, we'll suffer physically and spiritually because we're not dedicated to you to regain our purpose. Lord, help us to speak up, step up, live up for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church. Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.